Hi, everybody. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas, uh, Texas, on Thursday, October the 12th. And we're going to talk a little Texas Rangers today. Always love to do this, especially with the Rangers uh, in the position that they're in, playing the Astros in the LCS. Let me say hello to our great friend, uh, Dave Michaels. Dave, you are absolutely at the right place at the right time to talk baseball. So it's great well, to have you. Anytime that I can talk baseball is the best time and the best place. I mean, baseball is baseball. It is That's right. Now, I know it's an absolutely wonderful moment. Uh, well, tell me, just quickly tell me about yourself, the radio show. Just give us a little update on your biography, if I could put it that way. Sure. Uh, thumbnail sketch. Uh, the first thing I'll tell you is that Sylvia and I have known each other for a number of years. We worked in 2000 and I want to say 2007, 2008. It was around 2008. When, they, when, the, when the Rangers were in the World Series, the two years they were in the World Series. Well, that Series, was 2010, 2010, 2011. 2011. But before but that, yeah. yeah before that, Silvio and I worked together at uh, a radio station in Dallas uh, with Mr. Belleville at one time. Yeah. And so that's where we met. But uh, all together, I've been in the Dallas Fort Worth market for about 42 years on the air. Uh, and, and of those 42 years, yes, I've worked in radio. I have done television. I have done, um, anything from high school to college to professional sports. I've done play by play. I have done talk shows. I've worked with, uh, professional ball players uh, with their talk shows, uh, such as Everson Walls, Tony Hill, uh, Andre Girard, uh, Eugene Lockhart. I can go on and on and on. The list is almost endless, but, um, and I've been covering the Texas Rangers either with a camera in my hand, because that's how I started. I started in, in media with a camera. Uh, and then I found out that a microphone was a lot lighter than a 300 millimeter lens. Uh, but I've been covering the Rangers literally for, they've been together for 52 years in Texas. I've been covering them for the better part of 40 years. Wow. So, so you, I've, uh, I've had fun. You never interviewed uh, Ted Williams. No. I never interviewed Ted Williams. A lot of people don't know. You know, I, I just wanted to bring that up because the other day on one of the coverages uh, on Fox covering the, the Rangers and, uh, and the Orioles, one of the announcers brought this up, that Ted Williams had been the first manager of the Rangers back in 72. And it's like a lot of people don't know that, nope. uh, that he was the first manager because he came here with the Washington That's team. It. That's what happened. That's it. He he showed up when Washington moved to te, uh, to North Texas, and he was the manager. But yeah, not many people know the Splendid Splinter was a manager. The problem with that was, and I don't know if many people remember this, that was a sh uh, strike shortened season in '72. We had the players strike in '72, so the, the season got shortened to 152 games instead of 162. And the Rangers won 52 games that year. That's right. That's all they won. Yeah. They lost that 100. was a rough year. I was not in Texas, but I was following baseball, nevertheless. Yeah, and I remember that was stadium. a rough year in a bad stadium. Yes, that was uh, that was a rough year for the yeah. for the Rangers. And I remember they had an infielder who stole a lot of bases that year uh, in '72. Yeah, I can't think of the name right now. But um, he's, uh, he was a very fast uh, runner, and he was. Yeah, I think the only second that year, and we had. Uh, Toby oh, Randolph, wasn't it? Was it? No, Randall. Randall was his last name. And he got – that's the one that sucker punched uh, – uh, uh, Lenny Frank Randall. Casey. Lenny Randall. Yeah, Lenny Randall. Lenny and Randall. sucker punched the, uh, the uh, manager. Frank Casey. Right, the man. Yeah, that's right. But that, that was a, that was really a horrible year. And the other thing, too, that little trivia question, 
that gets a lot of people that Nolan Ryan was in the stadium for the very first game with the Angels uh, and in the very last game as a Ranger because they opened, uh, they opened, he opened uh, the ballpark and he closed the ballpark. That's right. So he was there for both. I mean, that's a, uh, I guess another example of his longevity, longevity as they, yep. as they like to say. But, you know, I was thinking about you so much because I, we had some, we had so much fun when we've talked baseball in the past and uh, you are a native Texan. You, you grew up here and, what is, how does it feel to know that no matter what happens, the World Series will be in Texas? That's really cool, I think, uh, to think of that. The two Texas teams, obviously, we have our favorites, the Rangers. Sure. But but I the idea that the, the, the World Series will be in Texas is, is really cool, I think. Well, you know, for the longest time, when the Houston Astros were in the National League, right. <laughs> we always dreamt of a World Series between the Astros and the Rangers. That's what we dreamt of, that I-45 battle between the two teams. Now, here we are in the American League Championship Series, and we have the I-45 battle. And right. I think for <laughs> – and I have fam- – I got family. I got fr- – in fact, in fact, Silvio, you know the, the former owner of the radio station has a restaurant down in Houston called Taste of Texas. Okay. I'm talking about Ed Hindy. Okay, not the lieutenant governor, you mean? Ed? Well, no, 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 his business partner. Oh, okay, guy. all right, yeah. Who has, who has a, a restaurant down in Houston called the Taste of Texas. Ed Hindy was a partner for the radio station KVCE 1160. That's right. I'm going to try to contact him, because he's a huge Astro fan. I mean, humongous Astro fan. I'm going to try to contact him, and I'm going to put a little wager on this on this series. Now, well, here's the deal. I'm yes. banking on the Rangers winning because I want that free meal down to Taste of Texas. <laughs> well, you know what? Uh, I think that the Rangers are very much capable of winning this thing. I Everybody keeps talking about the season record and those last three games that were played here in, uh, in Glove, Glove Life Field where the Astros destroyed uh, the Rangers. But the Rangers yep. didn't have their whole team that day. I mean, in that no, series, they had a lot of guys – a lot of well, guys were injured, yeah. Well, and, in that matchup uh, against Houston, hang on a second. Yep. The matchup, the, the, the dream matchup, Justin Verlander versus Max Scherzer. Teammates at one time for the New York Mets. The New York Mets went through a garage sale. They let go of a lot of people. Those two pitchers went to – Verlander went back to Houston after spending time in Detroit and later in New York. Max Scherzer, who – he really does like being in awe in North Texas. He said so. He's really embraced it. But he comes to Texas uh, because Chris Young was able to talk him into it. And that first game, Scherzer gets injured. Right. Scherzer has to go on the on the IL. So we never really got to see the full potential of what Max Scherzer can do. Well, now here we are. He's back in health. Uh, Wednesday, Thursday. Is he going to pitch? I mean, has Friday, he officially yeah. been put on the There's roster? Talk- no, there's talk that he's doing simulated game right now. Okay, yeah, right. They throw in simulated game. So that's Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Series starts Saturday in Houston. I don't see him starting game one and or two, but no. game three when it's back here in, in North Texas, that's a Wednesday night. seven. They're saying 7.05 start. In fact, Wednesday night and Thursday night, both are 7.05 starts. Tickets are available, by the way. Um, but anyway. Um, not too many from about, what I hear. Not too many, yeah, though, from what I hear. Not, not many. 
but they're talking about Scherzer starting one of those two games. I can almost see him starting game three. Well, that would be yeah. the logical one to start because you go with Montgomery and Evaldi, right? And then well, Evaldi will go. Evaldi will be on uh, Monday or Sunday, rather. You think so? You think that he'll go over Montgomery? Who Evaldi? Do you think he'll start Evaldi? I thought he would go with no, Montgomery. No, and no, Evaldi. his no because of the last outing that he had. You know, beating beating the Orioles, give him more time to rest the arm. He's better when he gets the rest. I'll tell you something that really. No, you mean let, let me let me just make sure I understood you. Yeah. You're saying that Ivaldi would start because the first game is Sunday night, and the next game is Tuesday, uh, Monday afternoon. But I'm saying Montgomery Sunday night, Ivaldi uh, Tuesday, Monday Mon- afternoon. Yes. You're saying the other way? No, 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 no. I'm saying just the way you have it written. Okay, up. all right. No, just the way you have it scripted out. Because you want Evaldi with that extra rest. Sure. Now let me let me say this. Opening day this year, uh, they play against the Phillies. They fall behind early, and then all of a sudden the roof caves in on the Phillies and, and the Rangers explode. Before the game, before the game, uh, there's you know the, the gaggle of, of media people, and we're down on the field. Since now, I was not there for 2020 because of COVID, even though they played games and they had the World Series and the L.A. Dodgers and all that, and we know the story. So I didn't go to any of those games, but I got credentialed for 21 and 22. And we're in the we're in the um, Woodward years. Chris Woodward is, is the manager. You still got John Daniels. So remember in August of 22, they, they get rid of uh, Woody. And they and they let Mr. Beasley take over for a bit, who did a great job, and I'm glad he's still with the team. And then immediately, within a matter of a day or two, they get rid of John Daniels, which there are a lot of people in the media, there are a lot of people that are just fans who said the same thing that was long overdue, long past due. They bring in Chris Young. Chris goes after Bruce Bochy. The guy's in retirement. He's been three years on the beach. He's golfing. He's fishing. He's, you know, removed from the game. Yes, he's got three World Series rings for the San Francisco Giants. Yes, he was the the manager at the helm when they beat the Rangers in 2010. But here they come and bring Bochy in. We're walking on the field. And, Sylvia, I can tell you, when there is an air in that stadium that you knew you knew that day that this was something special. You knew that day, and I told anybody with an earshot of me, and I've written it, I had, a, I put it on my blog, that this Ranger team was going to make postseason. This mm-hmm. Ranger team was going to make it far and deep into the postseason. I'm no soothsayer. I am no you know, clairvoyant, but, man, I'm just saying, Bochi brought that, that attitude and that um, culture to the clubhouse, he brought it to the players, and the players all bought into it. Right. To a I'll man, tell you, he bought yes, into it. That's right. But I'll tell you my memory of opening day, the one moment where I thought they were going to have a special year, uh, when Robbie Grossman hit that three-run home run yep. to put us back in the game. Yep. And, I mean, you're down by nine runs or something, and they, you know, all of a sudden you have a rally, and Robbie Grossman, 
because I had been advocating in the offseason that they should sign Robert Grossman, who's a free agent, because I thought he would be the perfect uh, addition to, to the Rangers. And I saw that. I, I remember I saw that and I said, wait a minute, these guys, there's something going on here. There's something going on here that I think is, is going to be special. Now, they gave us an amazing summer and they oh, almost yeah. made it too special. <laughs> and then, of course, came the, all those injuries. But I, I always had a good feeling about this this team all year long, too, because I felt that, you know, I, I never got a chance to, to, to talk to Bruce, uh, the manager, like you did. But I could just see uh, his interviews on the radio. I love his interviews on the radio. They were so I'm one of those fans who actually listens to the pregame show on the radio. Oh, yeah. And I, I love, you know, the, the show where he's interviewed by by uh, by Eric Nadell. I love that. And he's got a style. That is so cool that it's like it doesn't matter what happened. He's the same Bruce. And I think that that projects to the players. So I'm not surprised. But I got it. I wrote this so that I don't forget when you were talking about uh, thinking of a World Series between the Rangers and the Astros. You know, there were a couple of years there when it was at least theoretically possible. And that was in 98 and 99. Yeah. When both the Rangers and the Astros were in the postseason. Unfortunately, they had a problem with the Braves and we had a problem with the Yankees. If you remember during that time, because they they went down to the Braves just like we went down to the Yankees year after year. But uh, now the Astros, that's a pretty good team, too. I mean, they've got some. That is a solid team. And Dusty Baker, I, I think he was able to hold them together with all those injuries, Dave. Not only was he able to hold it together, but he moved people, he moved his players in and out from the minor leagues. He put together kind of a pipeline for the, for the team. And, you know, from AA Corpus Christi uh, to the AAA, which is up in Tulsa, they were able to move players around um, in a way that he kept fresh arms on the mound. He kept fresh bats in the lineup. Now they didn't stay the big, you know, in the show for very long, but long enough to keep them winning. And remember, the Rangers held first place for how many days in the in the summer? What 180? Or Almost like 170. Well, it was 179 days. Yeah. 179 days they were in first place. And the largest lead they had during that time period was seven and a half games over over Houston. And remember, Houston at one time fell to third place. Right. Behind Seattle. And, you know, you were talking about the, the Philly game, the opening day. I'm, I'm, by the way, just to let everybody know, yes, I still do it old school, baby. Yes. Old school. That's uh, it. When, when I'm at, it's funny. You're at the game. They hand you a score sheet. You can keep the score because they have all the lineup and everything. I'll sit there and do this. I had one of the guys and shows you the difference between an old guy and a new guy. Uh, this kid had to be about, I don't know, I'll give him benefit of the doubt. I'll say he's at least 30. Might be a little younger, but at least 30. And he asked me flat out, and he says, why in the world do you do this? And I looked at him and said, well, first of all, if you notice, I use pencil instead of a pen because I like to argue with the official score. You know, he might call it an error. I might see it as a hit. So in any case, um, opening day, opening day, going into the fourth inning, the Phillies were up 4 nothing. Okay. Bottom of the fourth, Rangers come to bat and they send nine, 10, 11, they send 12 batters to the box and destroy the Phillies. 
In fact, uh, Aaron Nola started the game. He only went, I believe, yeah, he went two and a third innings, which is about the same as Jacob DeGrom. He went three and two thirds right. to start the game. But was that the inning when Grossman hit the home run? Everybody hit a home run almost. No, I know. But um, his home run was really key to putting them back. Yeah, but, let's see. Grossi, yeah. Grossi hit a shot. To, to, uh, to the right center. Let's see. Who started they the were, inning? Uh, deep over, the by inning? the bullpen. Oh. Um, Corey Seager started off with a single, then came back with a walk later in the inning. Nate Lowe uh, grounded out, came back with a single and a score. Adoles Garcia singled, scored in the uh, at one point, and then he was the last out. Um, Josh Young walked, scored. Jonah Heim doubled, scored. Robbie Grossman hit a, a three-run blast. Right, that's what and I then, remember. That yeah. that moment is what really hit me on opening day because they had fallen behind uh, to the National League champs, the Phillies, and I yep. said, "Oh gosh, this is going to be another long year." But then that home run really really put me uh, put me back. Now, let me kind of go a couple of uh, topics he here. He scored eight runs in that inning. Yeah, I know. I remember that. Yeah. Uh, it was amazing. I remember texting. Uh, I went to get some pizza. I remember that day because we had one of our sons over or whatever. And I remember texting my other son that uh, Robbie Grossman had just hit a three-run homer, and it was, uh, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Now, let me – let me bring up, I do mention, I wrote this down too. I, I want to make sure I, I say it. I, sometimes when I'm doing these conversations, I write things down because you remind me of something. Sure. Uh, John Daniels, I, 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 Chris Young has done, a, has done a fantastic job. Nothing to take away from him. But there's a lot of John Daniels on that field. I mean, when you look at first base, second base, I mean, I know they signed those two, but first base, the, the third base, the catcher, uh, you know, some of the out, the outfielders, there's a lot of John Daniels on that club. Oh, yeah. I'm not saying that maybe a change wasn't necessary, but he left his mark on this team. Uh, oh, yeah. I'm, I won't take anything away from John Daniels. John Daniels, nucleus of this team. You're right. He, Corey Seager, Mark, uh, Marcus Simeon, those are those were uh, John Daniels signers. Uh, Nathan, Nathan Lowe, Nathaniel Lowe. That was a trade with Tampa. Right. right. And his brother is still right. playing. Um, right. which I, man, nothing, nothing like having siblings on yes. the field at the same time. I bet that must've been a lot of fun to it, see those two. On can, the field. I mean, you can see it. Oh, I was playing his day that there, there's a lot of competition, but you know, it's still brotherly love. Right. Um, but think of another, Hine. another, another couple of players, Hein, you you mentioned Jonathan Hein. Yeah. That he, that he came from, from the A's and that's right for Elvis. That's if right. You remember. And then Adolis Garcia was just a pickup from the Cardinals. They literally right. had let him go. It was an afterthought. Yeah, and and we picked them. I remember when uh, when they picked them up, and the reason that I was attracted to him is, as you know, I was born in Cuba, and I was attracted uh, to the fact that he was going to be a Cuban player on the team. But look at what he's turned out to be. He's turned out to be uh, a power hitter of tremendous proportions. And and then the center fielder, he's another Daniels, the product of uh, the third yeah. baseman. Yeah, so there's yeah. a lot of him on there. Nothing, not taking anything away from Chris Young. I'm just saying. Uh, no, but I mean, look, okay, now oh, you're right. John Daniels did a great job. Then you bring Chris Young in, and Chris Young gets you 
Remember, he wants he's the one that went after uh, Scherzer in Montgomery. Oh yeah, and no you know, and he and then we bring and then we bring up this young kid, uh, Carter, right? Carter, Evan Carter, who has just does he know he's a rookie? Does he have any idea he's a rookie? He he, he probably he, still thinks this is Triple A. I've never seen the poise like this. Right. I he know. has surprised the daylights out of me as well as some other people. Right. Because no, you just I, don't expect that from somebody like that. No, and that and that's one of the things that the manager has said about him that right. He rookie you know, of the year, by the way. If they don't put Josh Young in the category for rookie of the year, somebody's asleep at the wheel. Right. All-star, first year in, he's an all-star. Right. Look how many all-stars the Rangers had this year. Six, right? Yeah. Six all-stars. Because you had Heim, Young, Garcia, um, Seeger, Simeon, I think. So, you know, you're, you're, you're second in shortstop, Evaldi. Yes. No, it was amazing. Yeah. It, it was an amazing, uh, it was an amazing uh, season. Uh, I will predict to you today, I'll go on record, I think the Rangers are going to win in seven. Now, a lot of people are, are saying that that's just a, you know, that I'm just being a fan. Well, I am a fan. Sure. But but I also I also feel that you cannot look at, at that series in early September as any measurement of of the value of the Rangers. The Rangers were not their whole team that day. And uh so I, I think the Rangers are gonna win in seven. I really do. Uh I believe that if 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 you can get Ivaldi to start two games, that's two victories for me. And Montgomery should win one game. So then that takes you to whoever's going to win the fourth game. It could be John Gray or it could be Max uh, Scherzer. I mean, it could be any one of those two. Or it could be Cody Bradford. There's another rookie. There's that, another rookie. Another rookie. You know, one of the things, Dave, that, that bothered me about, and I think it was more ignorance than partisanship. I, I don't think they were trying to be, uh, they were trying to be critical. But the, the announcers on Fox kept talking about all the young players that uh, the Orioles have. And they do. I mean, it's an amazing collection of young players. Nobody denies that. But I kept saying to myself, the third baseman, the right, the left fielder, uh, you know, the, one of the, the out, one of the, the pitchers in the bullpen, these are rookies too. And two of those guys, I mean, Junk could win it this year, rookie of the year. Carter could very well be the rookie of the year in 2024, Dave. I agree. Yeah. I so. agree. I'll tell you, and I'm, I'm as honest as I can be. Um, when Bochi named Jose Leclerc as his closer, I can't tell you how. I mean, I'm a heart patient. This is not a good thing to tell me because I'm not sure what he's going to do in the in the long run. Apologies. I no problem. Sinus infection has caused no problems. problem. Thank God for the mute button, isn't it? Isn't that a yeah, great button? I, I love that button. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no problem. We understand. Uh, we understand. We you ready? But anyway, okay. laughing does not do me any good. Um, yeah. Jose Leclerc <clears throat> has now. I mean, am I am I totally? You know, have I gotten over to that side yet? Yeah, not yet. He gave up a three-run shot in Baltimore. Right. You know. You have eleven to five lead, and you give up a three-run shot. Next thing you know, you're eleven to eight. Nah, I don't like that. So, 
Well, when the only good news is that there were two outs. Yes. <laughs> that was the only good news, is that you had a couple of outs uh, in that inning. But let me, uh, because we're we're going to do an, another one of these when when we're talking World Series in a couple of weeks. But okay. But uh, so just make a date with me for a couple of weeks. I'm pretty sure we're going to get there. But okay. A couple of issues that I wanted to bring up. You mentioned Seager. Yeah. I think Seager should be the MVP. I'm not sure if he will get it, but he should be because he has been the most valuable player. If the definition is valuable player for a team, I got to go with Seager. But that's not always how they look. So what do you think? With Otani going down with the injury late, late, late in the season, I don't know if that lowered his stock any because Otani was still the MVP. What he did on the mound, what he does with the bat, you can't you can't take that away from him. You know, that is a valuable player. Seager, injuries aside, has boosted this team. I mean, just look at what he's done for the, yeah, for the season. Look what he's done for the playoffs. He was a guy that walked five times in a game. It's never been done before in Major League Baseball. That was unbelievable. I didn't realize that was the first time that it had ever happened. Yeah. But I believe it. It was. <laughs> unbelievable. Yeah, you're right. I don't know if he's going to get it, though, simply because – like you said, you know, uh, Otani had such an amazing year. Yeah. He's a, such a publicity. I mean, the publicity, uh, Seeger is not a publicity person. No. Uh, I mean, you probably have seen him on, I'm sure, uh, on the field when you go down there before the game. He doesn't strike me as the kind of guy who looks for you. Uh, no. Nope. He strikes me as a very quiet guy. He'll answer questions. He's nice. But he's not the kind of guy, he's not saying, okay, I want to get a headline out today. Let me find somebody to talk to he never uses the word kind of player. He never uses the word I. Yes. It's never I. It's team, we, them, us. It's never I. He is right. and he's very, very humble. By the way, another trade, another trade of John Daniels was bringing Dunning here. Uh Dane that, Dunning, was another, yeah. that was another uh trade. And and we traded him for Lance Hill. Uh was yep. it Hill? Who is now pitching for the Dodgers. He was the one who gave up four home runs last night. But he was and, a pretty good pitcher, actually, with the Rangers that year. He pitched really well. Uh, and I still like him a lot. But uh, that was another another trade, bringing uh, Dunning here in, what was it, 2021 or whenever, whenever it was. Okay, there's one big topic. Uh, we have a few minutes, but there's one big topic. Uh, everybody in baseball is talking about this, and that is what is happening to these 100-win teams? Whether it's uh, the Dodgers who went down last night, whether it was the – well, the Rays got to 99 wins, I think, and the, the Orioles got to 101. The Braves on the brink of being eliminated. What is going on? My theory is, and I obviously want to hear yours, is that the, the short series is different than a regular season. You play 162 games, and if you're built to win, you're going to win 100 games. But during the season, you're going to have series where you go or periods or weeks where you go three out of seven or you win four out of ten, something like that, whereas you cannot afford to do that in the postseason. And maybe that's the problem, that it's not so much that they rested too much. Maybe it's just that they just got some bad luck. They just weren't ready or they caught them at the bad moment. That's my 
my analysis of it. Uh, Dave, I'm anxious to hear what you think. Well, let's take a look at that for a second. When you're a top seed and you're waiting for wild card teams to finish a three game set, then they come to play you. So you've been waiting for an, you know, the last day of the season. Then you got to wait for that three game series to end. And now, you know, in the three game series, you know, it's the best of, so you're winning two games out of three. So if you win them on the road, like the Rangers did, then you come and play ball, you know, then you got to fly from, you know, Tampa up to Baltimore and, and take on the Orioles. And I mean, I, I look at it this way. Uh, rest is good, but momentum is better. And when you have a momentum, like the Rangers did, I mean, you know, they, um, what was it? it was it was the Houston uh, the Houston papers that criticized the Rangers for partying and popping champagne, you know, just because they made a wild card shot. My theory is, and, and I'm not knocking the, the Astros, and I'm not going to berate them for anything they write because that's just good, you know, that's bulletin board stuff. That's good stuff. But in the same breath, Baltimore, where the Rangers had to go fly to, remember the Rangers played what was it four games three games in california in in uh, against the angels and then four games in seattle and then they had to play two games in tampa and two games in baltimore they hadn't been home for like 16 days right and they didn't have a day off by the way no in that last series uh that last home series here against seattle i think and then came California. There was no day off. So no, no, I, they did not. They did not have a day. I'm sorry, I'm sitting here looking at the schedule. No, they didn't have a day off. And to top it, to make it even worse, the Thursday night game in 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 with the Angels or the Wednesday night game was not was a night game. A lot of times you get to play in the afternoon to travel at night. So I but mean, yeah, that, but you're going from, but literally you're going from L.A. to Seattle. That's not an easy trip. I mean, that's what. No, five but it's hours? not. But it's not like going cross country. Well, sure, I agree with that. You know, you're not you're you're going up the coast. So, you know, what would be average two hour flight from yes. LA to, to Seattle versus three and a half to four hour flight going from Dallas to LA? Yeah. No, no, it it was brutal. And I was actually listening to to that last game in Seattle. For some reason we lost the TV signal. I don't know what happened. And I was actually listening to the radio. And when Carter gets on to lead off the top of the ninth, I said, oh, great. This is going to be a comeback. Great, great. And then, you know, they go down one, two, three. Right. And they lose the game. They leave and I'm strange. saying, man, what a this is not good. And then they have to go to play Tampa. But but anyway, we are here. They're going to be playing in the LCS. And I'd like you to, to set a date maybe in a couple of weeks to talk about yeah. the Rangers again. Because I do believe in my heart, not just as a fan, but I think in, I really believe they're going to go to the World Series. Who they're going to play, I'm not sure, because the National League is a little crazy right now. It could be, I guess, Philadelphia, uh, Arizona. I don't think it's going to be Arizona. I think it's either going to be Philadelphia or Atlanta, one of those two. But anyway, uh, so your thoughts on on what's happened to these 100-win uh, teams and why it's, they've gone down? Any Is it just bad it's all luck? About momentum. It's all about momentum. You have the day off. You got the days off. You're rested. You got your players feeling good about themselves. You know the aches and the pains are starting to see. But you got a team coming in that is hot, and they're hot at the right time. Right, like Philadelphia last year. I mean, yes. remember Philadelphia last year? They went in. I remember watching 
uh, last year on the Sunday before the end of the season, or so the, I guess, yeah, five days before the end of the season, Philadelphia was almost eliminated. Right. I mean, they were on the brink of elimination, I think, the last week of the, of the season in 2022. And then they beat the Cardinals and look at where they went. So I agree with you about momentum, but do you think they're going to change anything for next year? As for far next as year. the days off? Uh, for the playoffs? Yeah, for the playoffs. No. I mean, do you Manfred, think they're going to leave it the way it is? You're talking You're talking about Manfred, who is um, – who's. Um, I mean, this is the guy that put in – I'm not going to take anything away from some of the rule changes because some are good. Some yes. are good. I mean, the clock – the clock on the on the, for the pitchers, I don't have a problem with that. I mean, you get out of the game at two hours and forty minutes, two hours and twenty eight minutes. I like that. That's not a problem. But Manfred's rules overall, I don't know if the the larger base made any difference in steals. I don't know if hard to know, tell. Hard to tell. Yeah, I can't see it. I can't see. I can't it. see it because you still got to go from catcher to second, right. yeah. and you still got to put the glove on the body. And whether that base is three inches more toward first, I don't think it made a difference. I don't think so either, because you're right. You still have to make the run. And yeah, I, I don't think so. Now the shift did make a difference. And I the thought, shift for, did. yeah, for the good reason, uh, the clock, here's what I tell my sons. Okay. Because my we had a big conversation with my sons. This is last year about the clock and the length of the games. And I said to my sons, when I was, growing up watching baseball, and you and I are roughly the same generation. Games used to be two hours and 30 minutes. I went back to, and I, I went back to the 1983 World Series and looked at the time of the five games between the Orioles and the Phillies. Every game was 2.30, 2.22, 2.25. So I'm saying to myself, how could they play the games that length of time back then, and why are we playing four-hour games now? Something happened. So going back to two thirty feels better for me. It's called television. They want well, that. Okay. Glad time. Maybe that or whatever it was. I, I I'm sure you're right about that. But mm -hmm. it just seemed to me that that was a better game to watch. Yeah. Two thirty and two hours thirty minutes than when it's three and a half hours. And in National League games, in National League games, the pitcher was still batting. That's right. So now you those got a games, That's right. Well, those games used to be two hours and eight minutes. Right. Uh, in the National League. Right. Um, so, I mean, I'll, you know, I actually went back. Um, I'll just leave you with this thought. I actually went back and I wrote an article at American Thinker about the length of the games. And I went back to 1968, game seven, Gibson versus Lolich. That yep. was a nine inning game, complete games on both sides. That game that put the Tigers in the World Series, that was two hours and one minute long. With Lolich on the mound? With Lowridge. Wow. So maybe okay, maybe 229. Okay, maybe I could be wrong. I think it was two 230 or 201. Whatever it was, All right. it was a, a very nice time. It was less than three hours. That's it. And I, I hate baseball when it goes over three hours. I love the game, but I don't I didn't like those long games, particularly in the postseason, where every World Series game was four hours long. I didn't like that. I thought it was crazy. I remember when my sons back in the 90s when they were younger and, and they had to go to school and, you know, they couldn't watch the world series at night because it was like midnight by the time the game was over. Right. And I thought that was not only bad for my sons, but it was bad for, for uh, the game itself because you weren't developing young fans 
Right. You know, young fans are not going to become fans if they're sleeping when they're celebrating the World Series Day. Right. And remember, it's midnight our time. Yes. It's 1 a.m. East time. That's right. Well, it was crazy. Well, anyway, thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate it. And all I can tell you is we've got a date coming up in a couple of weeks because I'm optimistic. I think the Rangers will be in the World Series, even if they're not. We'll get together anyway sure. and reminisce. We'll talk about the Astros. We'll talk about the Astros. And I love the Astros. I've always have. I've always – they had, you know, Bagwell and Biggio. Those were great players that I oh, that I, I used I to love. Back so, they had oh, absolutely. Those were absolutely great teams. Well, you have a great day, Dave. Thanks so Thank much you. for joining us. And uh, we hopefully will chat with you soon and stay healthy and stay on the radio. Thank you. And we'll all see right. you all on the radio. Take That's care of right. yourselves. All right. Thank you so much. Uh, our good friend, uh, Dave Michaels, always enjoy chatting baseball with him. We go back a while. And uh, baseball is something that I love. We also like football, too. But, of course, today we're talking about the Rangers. I didn't want to get into the Cowboys and the quarterback controversy. Maybe we'll talk about that in a few months. Thank you for listening. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas, and we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye, everybody.